A teenager's first OBGYN appointment is a milestone and possibly a bit nerve-wracking as well. We'll demystify the process and talk about what to expect at that first OBGYN visit with Dr. Carla Sandy, a Kaiser Permanente physician specializing in obstetrics and gynecology who sees patients and delivers babies at Holy Cross Health. This is Your Best Life Podcast, Women's Health from Holy Cross Health. I'm Amanda Wild. Dr. Sandy, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Well, when should teens or preteens start visiting the gynecologist? So there is no specific age that we necessarily recommend a teen or a preteen come in to see a gynecologist. It's definitely individualized to the teen or the preteen. And the, the pediatrician or the primary care physician is usually the first place where those conversations will occur to determine if visiting an obstetrician and gynecologist is the next step in healthcare. We do recommend, however, that if an adolescent, a teen or preteen has not seen an OBGYN or a obstetrician and gynecologist by the age of 21, they do come in at 21 for a visit. Does it make sense to come when you're at that point in your development in puberty then? So it really just depends. Sometimes as adolescents start going through the process of puberty, there can be things that may occur, menstrual disorders, pain, that an obstetrician and gynecologist can help guide them through. And if an adolescent is going through puberty and not having those types of problems, it's not necessarily necessary to come in to see an OBGYN. Got it. So how to prepare for that first visit? This actually works for any visit to a healthcare provider or a physician, but I recommend writing down any questions that you have about your body or sexuality or any of the changes that your body's going through as you go through puberty. In the past, I've had questions like, you know, is it normal if my period doesn't come every month? I've noticed some changes, maybe some vaginal discharge. Is that okay? Questions about birth control and contraception. And, you know, there's a lot out there on social media. And our preteens and adolescents consume that social media. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. So if you see a TikTok or a reel or something, and you're like, I really want to know, is that accurate? Write that down. Those are great questions to bring in. There's nothing, nothing that you can ask an OBGYN that is embarrassing. So please come in with your questions and we will give you accurate, honest, and timely information. Well, if your patient is a minor, how are privacy and confidentiality handled? Because maybe some of those questions might feel very intimate and personal. Yes, they are very personal. And one of the things we do when someone is a minor, you know, their guardian or caregiver will come with them to the visit and they are usually with them in the room at the initial part of the visit. And we'll spend that time to establish why the adolescent is there for care. And then we ask the guardian to please excuse themselves so that we can have that conversation with the adolescent, with the teenager, to make sure we ask the questions that frankly, no teenagers comfortable answering in front of their guardian. And then there's certain aspects of care 
such as contraceptions, sexually transmitted infection screening, prenatal care, that depending on your jurisdiction, the age of consent is actually lower than it is for being an adult. So that does vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, and it is something that your healthcare provider or your physician can work through, can talk through with you. Okay, so you will get that information as part of the appointment. And we're talking about information and questions and talking. What exams will you perform at that first appointment? So in general, at a very first visit, there may not necessarily be an exam. A lot of times it is a conversation trying to understand, are there challenges? Are there problems? And then talking to the young person about, okay, here are some solutions. Here's some testing that may be recommended. And so that initial visit, there may not even be an exam at all. And then sometimes there does need to be an exam, but what's really important to understand is that only what you're comfortable with is done and consent. And consent means we ask you permission before we do an exam. Is this okay? This is what I'm planning to do. Is this okay? And once consent is obtained, we will then proceed with an exam. Now, there are general things that happen at the OBGYN, just like at the pediatrician or at a primary care physician's office. So we check height, weight, we do blood pressure, check pulse and temperature. So all of those things do happen. And then sometimes we'll do an abdominal exam, like externally, just to see if we feel anything. And sometimes we'll just do simply an external genital exam to look and just assess for normal development and growth. Occasionally, an internal pelvic exam may be necessary. And again, that definitely we talk you through that to make sure that you're comfortable with what is being done. Do you also recommend vaccinations at this point? I know there are some in the OBGYN world, but can you talk about what they are and what they protect? Yes, and we definitely do recommend vaccinations. You know, vaccinations are a really important part of preventative health care. And one of the most important ones that's related to OBGYN is the HPV vaccine. And that stands for human papillomavirus. This is the virus that causes the majority of cervical cancer. And cervical cancer is a cancer that unfortunately tends to impact younger women, usually under the age of 30. And HPV, which causes the majority of cervical cancer, is a sexually transmitted infection. And the HPV vaccine is incredibly effective in preventing acquisition or getting that particular virus. In addition to cervical cancer, HPV can also cause certain types of genital warts. And warts, those are not cancer, but they can be very disfiguring. You know, they appear kind of on the outside and they don't look good and nobody wants anything like that. And so that vaccine is particularly important. Often we will hear, well, I'm not sexually active, so why would I want to get that? This is definitely a vaccine that you want to get before any possible exposure to the virus. And so we do recommend that. And when we see preteens or teenagers, we see if they've had it and we do recommend that vaccine series. And in addition, there are other vaccines that are routinely given between the ages of 11, 18, 
things like influenza, which is commonly called the flu shot, the meningitis vaccine, there is the tetanus shot, and the COVID-19 vaccines, of course. And so if a teenager is not up to date on any of those vaccines, we do recommend that they get Well, I think now we're armed with information, and with information, we can make informed choices. What about the nerves part of it? How do we ease our nerves about these appointments? How do we ease our teens' nerves about this first OBGYN appointment? That is a great question. And I just want to reassure any teen or any parent that's listening to this, thinking about their teen that it is extremely common to be anxious and just feel nervous about the visit. And that doesn't actually go away when teenagers get older. Visiting the OBGYN, it tends to produce some anxiety. So your OBGYN is often very attuned to this, will ask questions just to check to see comfort levels and read body language and can tell when their patients are anxious. But it's also good to just let the doctor know if you're nervous. Like, hey, this is my first time. I'm a little scared. I'm not sure what to expect. And they will help to talk to you, to put you at ease, to make sure we answer any questions prior to an exam. And I know I mentioned this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Consent to be touched, consent for exam. At any point, you can say, you know what? I don't want to proceed or I want to stop right now. That's okay. That's okay. And sometimes Taking a break for a few minutes may be enough. Other times I've had teens say, I think I'd like to come back another day. However, we can structure things to make things comfortable is what we'll do. Well, thank you, Dr. Sandy, for unpacking the process of that first OBGYN appointment and empowering teens in this way as they become adults. Well, it's been my pleasure. And, you know, I just want to help to take away some of the fear around this visit. It almost is like a rite of passage. And I often have that conversation with teens when they come in. You know, they're like, oh my goodness, I've been researching and every person I know has told me what you're going to do. And a lot of it, it isn't actually what's going to happen. And so just spending that time talking and going through that, it makes for a very successful visit. Yeah. And it is a landmark life cycle event. It's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. That was Dr. Carla Sandy, a Kaiser Permanente physician specializing in obstetrics and gynecology who sees patients and delivers babies at Holy Cross Health. For more information, visit holycrosshealth.org slash maternity. Thank you for listening to Your Best Life podcast, Women's Health from Holy Cross Health. Until next time, be well.